Hello and welcome to episode one of the Frozen Light podcast. A podcast aimed at staying in touch with the PMLD community in the age of coronavirus. Hi everyone, it's Amber here and Lucy. It is Wednesday the 3rd of June and we're very excited today to be interviewing Sharon Slade who is on our board of trustees. Sharon is the mum to a wonderful young woman named Lauren who's one of Frozen Light's regular audiences. Sharon and Lauren have been coming to our shows since the forest. And when we were looking for trustees, Sharon approached us and said she'd really like to come on board for the role of audience advocate, which is a role that we created to ensure that our audience with PMLD had some representation and somebody to advocate for them on our board. Sharon and Lauren have both always been super enthusiastic audience members. And actually one of my first memories of meeting Sharon was after the forest and we asked her and Lauren to do an audience response video, which you um, can find on our YouTube channel. Okay, so we'll just call Sharon now. So hi Sharon, thank you for joining us today. Um, I suppose first off, would you like to introduce yourself and Lauren? Yep, absolutely. Hi, Lucy. Thank you for inviting me to join you today. My daughter, Lauren, is 19 and she has a condition called Brett syndrome. And part of that condition is to have profound multiple learning disabilities. That, that's part of, of the package that, that Brett syndrome sort of gave Lauren. Um, she's just about to graduate from her special needs school. She's been in a special needs school since reception, since she was four. Um, she moved to a different special needs school when she was eight because the implications of Rett syndrome and the, the abilities of the, and the capability of that school um, on how to sort of, they didn't, to be honest, they didn't have a setup to work with um, children with PMLD specifically. You know, they were much more of a, a medium sort of special needs school. So we moved her to a more specialist school, which was the best thing we ever did. And she's been there since she was eight. And she, she graduates in in a couple of months time. We're on sort of the, the spectrum as Rett syndrome, we're quite lucky. Lauren's quite high functioning as far as she's mobile. She's likes to be engaged, you know, she would engage with things. Some of the sort of the, the things that Rett syndrome can do sort of affecting sort of the physical side, disability side of things, we were quite lucky. We got it, you know, we got off quite lightly, but unfortunately the, the PMLD side of it is, is, is pretty profound. So, um, Hence why, you know, you, we've come, we come across you guys a few years ago um, because, you know, we, I'm constantly on the hunt for people and organisations that understand and get it. So, yeah, so that's our background. Thank you. And where's, and is Lauren having a nap? Yes, this is her nap afternoon. She was up quite early. So we've done our walk. We've done our morning walk. She's had a, a Zoom activity call with the, the, the sort of local day provider and lunch and that's it game over now she's snoozing tea and then bed that's kind of it so <laughs> I mean I think you've just answered my next question <laughs> what does your lockdown look like what's your day-to-day -day and how is it different from what it was before um oh massive because Lauren's got a younger brother um Joseph who's nine so he's obviously not at school either um so my day has to be split between the two of them because 
um, my other half has now returned to work. When he was off work, it was great because we had two adults in the house. So um, our day was a lot less restricted. But now Dave's back at work, we've had to really make sure that the routine is there. It's definitely got harder, I think, as a lockdown. It's changed slightly um, where we are now. Um, so I'm on my sort of own with them all day. Um, so I tend to, because Lauren is a morning bird, so I tend to concentrate on her because Joe very much sort of isn't a morning boy. <laughs> He's happy just to laze about. Um, so what I tend to do when Lauren wakes up and I kind of let her wake up on her own, so it can be anything between seven and half nine in the morning. Um, so I get her up, feed her, look after her personal care kind of thing, get her dressed, wash dress, teeth, change, all that kind of thing. And then pretty much after breakfast, we go out on her walk because, as I say, morning is her best time. She's got more energy. She's more focused. She's more engaged. So we go out. And because she's mobile, the one thing that I was terrified of, I think, when lockdown kicked in was that she wasn't going to move it around as much because when it's not lockdown, get, just getting into the school taxi and out again, you know, all those things that you do in the day moving that you don't realise are moving, I was very aware that if she didn't keep moving, then it will affect her whole, not just her mental health, but her physical side of things. Because, you know, with, with wet syndrome, part, part, you know, a lot of their issues are internal. So, you know, if you're not moving about, digestion can be affected, everything can be affected. So my main aim from day one was that Lauren has to move back. She would spend all her day in her bedroom. You know, she's very happy to sit on the bed and watch DVDs all day. She, she, she can get up and downstairs. So she'll bring herself downstairs if she's a bit bored or she wants a DVD changed and throw me the DVD down the stairs or something or whatever she wants to do <laughs> to get my attention. But other than that, she would happily stay just lazing about. So um, making sure that she gets out. Um, and we kind of found out, you know, it was a bit of a hit and miss because she, when she's at school all the time, I kind of know what her stamina level, what she can do physically, but it's, it's never really been tested. So we kind of said, right, let's just see how long she can walk before she gets tired and grumpy. And we've worked out she can walk, you know, sort of pretty much for a certain amount of time. We've got woods behind us. So I can give her a certain amount of freedom. You know, that's another thing as well is that otherwise she don't want her to feel I probably have to be sort of stuck beside me or hold on to her or push her in a chair. So we can go wherever out the back. We can go for a walk. Um, we try and go out for an hour. We find the hour is her length, the maximum length of time that after that she's had enough and she wants to come back. <laughs> but it does mean that if, if she's grumpy that day or she wants to scream and shout and make a noise or make a fuss, it's easy because there's not many people about. She can be as loud as she wants, you know, without thinking or, you know, wondering whether she's disturbing anybody, that, that kind of thing that you always got in the back of your mind. So she loves being in the woods. She loves the trees. It's Lauren's ideal sort of scenario um, as far as getting out and about. She loves being outdoors. So, yes, the, the morning walk every day out is key, is key to, for me for getting Lauren out. Um, and we make sure we do that every day. And then it's lunch, coming back, changing, you know, personal care again, feeding her. And then in the afternoon, up until recently, I tend to let her not do a lot. I just let her chill. But as this has gone on longer, and now we can get out and about a bit more, a couple of days already this week, we've been out. So in the afternoon, we've been down to the coast for a couple of hours, or we've been to see a friend. So I'm trying to 
do a little bit more in the afternoons now that we are allowed to, which helps me as well. It helps all of us just just to get out. So then it's coming back, it's tea, you know, looking after her, personal care again, getting her into bed, getting her settled for bed. But then it all starts again, really. So it's pretty pretty much then where 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 Joe Blessing has to, you know, I make sure that. You know, we do. A, I do have an hour with him in the morning doing PE, and then in the afternoon we do something together, the three of us. Or if we don't get round to it because Lauren is just not up for it, then when Dad gets home, he takes her out, takes Joe out on his bike, so he gets some time. Um, so it's just a juggling act, really, of trying to um, make sure Lauren's personal care is looked after, so that she doesn't get bored and that she's still happy, but also that. Joe is also doesn't feel like he's second best all of the time because you know sometimes he might do but then he goes out and sees his friends and when he was out of lockdown there was school and football and swimming but now I'm very conscious that he's around us all of the time and he's around Lauren all of the time so it's it's a balancing act every day so yes so yeah it's it's pretty much full on from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed because there's always something to do <laughs> but it sounds so nice, like getting out in nature and having the woods. Because who doesn't need a space to oh, yeah. out in the woods? <laughs> like I know, yeah, I mean, and that's been yeah. our saving grace, getting out and about. It has. I mean, to have the country park literally on our doorstep, it you know, it would have been harder. I think if not, she's in an environment that I know she loves. So, and also she loves meeting people out and walking their dogs she loves looking at dogs and stuff so we've got loads of dog walkers over the back of the woods so we always bump into somebody's 10 weeks on how I judge I think that it's working is that one she's not put on any you know any weight which is good because I have to be careful about that because she don't you know I'm totally controlled that as well 100% of what goes in her mouth and what exercise she does um she is happy and she's sleeping well and everything's working you know health-wise so but the fact that she's sleeping well and sleeping properly every night at the moment so I kind of think oh it must be working one thing that you keep mentioning which I think is is really important is that that it gives her that independence away from you because obviously outside of yeah. lockdown she's she's a 19 year old woman she goes to school yeah, yeah. she has friends and does stuff away from her mum and actually in lockdown that's stopped her from being able to do that so that's really great that you have a place to go to be able that she can have that little little bit more independence from you yeah no absolutely yeah yeah absolutely even if it is just you know walking a couple of steps behind her or in front of her or to the side of her and also she you know she can sort of tell me when you know she doesn't want to hold my hand or she doesn't want to do that she will pull away which is good so I I want her to carry on because it's it's easy to baby people like Lauren Um, it's easy to just assume that they're going to be that because they can't talk well, they can't express how they're feeling that you know you just do everything for them and just just get yeah, to baby them for one of a better word and I, I'm very anti that when it comes to Lauren because I don't think that's how she should be treated um so yes it's something that you know the, the baby you know my mum and dad and my grandparents do all that kind of stuff I let them still do that they let them <laughs> indulge in that but my side of things I feel that it's especially now because at school they don't do that at school they treat her as a 19 year old adult so I have to remember that, that, that I've had to take over that. And it is quite hard. You do forget sometimes because it's easier just to do it for her just to, because it's easier. But I've had to stop and say, no, I'm going to make this a little bit more difficult for you and you are going to have to try <laughs> a bit harder. And... <laughs> and you've spoken a lot about the importance of going outside. Have there been any other highlights? For us, it's 
sort of how I speak, I suppose, how the, the family dynamic has kind of shown that it is working. Because I say we are such a busy family, you know, I, I work, we both, you know, both parents work, Joey's at football was swimming and we never actually spent a lot of time together as a family. So although we knew that it worked, we never kind of, you know, we just we just did. Whereas now we can I can actually see that, you know, despite the massive differences between like Joe and Lauren, it, it is working because usually I'm rushing about. So I have no idea, you know, we don't have conversations about how he feels about Lauren, that kind of stuff. But that's that's come through now about how, you know, I was very conscious that he doesn't feel left out and you know we have these conversations that side of things has been a real positive is to see actually we, we always knew we were all right but you just never know but it's nice to have we're we're okay <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you're doing really well <laughs> you know the another highlight i suppose is you know we've seen lauren's personality sides of it you know when she's not happy about something or you know that that side of things and how she sort of has sort of sense of humor seeing like because we're st- I'm spending more time with her she I'm seeing all aspects of it. I mean it's not always good but on the, the positive side I've been able to enjoy that more because I'm not rushing off to work or sort something else out so I think rather than just being a carer in charge of man like a lunatic all the time it's nice to kind of get to know her a bit better and that we can actually get on you know, most of the time. It's <laughs> <laughs> like any any parent. <laughs> yeah, I think she I think she does like me some of the time. So I, I feel I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> and what support have you had from Lauren's school? And I know you said Coco Care, which is the am I right in thinking that's the the day support she's going to after she leaves school? Have also been sending things. I think unfortunately, because Lauren was literally in the last six months of school when lockdown happened what she should have been doing was transitioning getting ready to leave so what she would have been doing is spending loads of time out of the classroom she wouldn't have spent much classroom time she would have been going to different day centers to try them and see if she liked any better than coco care and they would have been getting her out and about a lot more in preparation for doing that once she leaves schools so it's 16 to 19 in that class so the stuff that they sent home from school or not sent home, but, you know, sent out online wasn't really appropriate for Lauren. She, she'd passed that. She didn't, you know, there was no point in doing that stuff. You know, like the, they've got an app that, that they upload stuff and you have to upload evidence for learning. Well, there's no point because she's not going to be there. So I kind of felt that was a, a unfortunate. You know, I would never say the school did support us, but we kind of, I think she kind of got forgotten about a little bit. Because, you know, we're in transition. So, yeah, I kind of think from a school point of view, she's almost gone, you know. So I think we were forgotten on that bit. But thank, you. but luckily, Coco Care was the complete opposite. And they agreed, although she's not officially with them, they know her, she knows them, and they have included her. And they're using some funding that they've got to enable them to do that. So, yeah, so they, um, they don't do the full package because obviously she's not being funded to go there at the moment. So they just sort of do a watered down package for Lauren, um, which has been brilliant. So almost like a transition package. So getting her ready, I suppose, doing what school would have been doing. Um, so every day she gets invited to attend their like lunch um, Zoom meetings. So we just go on for an hour at lunchtime and there's about, there can be four people or 14 people and 
everyone's just sitting there either saying nothing like Lauren and just eating her lunch because I'm feeding her or there's a couple chattering away. So it's just a menagerie of faces and sounds on the screen. She does bingo once a week with them. Joe does the bingo but sits next to his sister to do it. And and then twice a week they do um, activity with Lauren. So they send home every Friday a bag or they deliver a bag of stuff. And on a Wednesday and a Friday, I have half-hour Zoom with one of the support workers and I sit there and do this activity and she's there in the screen just watching and just interacting with Lauren and chatting to Lauren, really. So, yeah, it's great. It's that, that side of thing. I, I haven't personally enjoyed doing the activities. I think Lauren's lost patience with me a few times because I'm kind of like, oh, she just don't know what I'm doing. But yes, it's it's all it's all part of the fun. And just again, it gives us a structure to the week. You know, it's that another half an hour that she's got something that's just dedicated to her. So I'm I'm happy with it. So yes, <laughs> that's been good. That's been that's been really good. And fingers crossed, it stands in good stead for the funding moving forward. Yeah, and hopefully it has actually given the opportunity for hopefully a smooth transition as well. Oh yeah, I mean without without them it would have been a lot lot harder. I think we just felt that we were part of a community, part of that community that know and tr- that know Lauren, that care for her, that know know her. Um, and it's her it's her group, it's her peer group, it's her group of buddies. You know, if she was at college or uni, it's her little group. And it's just nice to know that we're part of that. So. Um, and has that felt really important during this time that there is still some connection and that people are thinking about Lauren and... and yeah, um, massive. Yeah, massive. I mean, it's all about, you know, it's all about Lauren. They, they actually, you know, they talk to her, you know, rather than, you know, they'll chat to me, but they're, they're sort of aiming their conversation at her and her friends, a couple of friends who are, can talk, you know, that do talk at Coca Care, you know, they'll talk to her and, and chat away and stuff. So... Yes, it's, it's that is really that's really important that um, it's it's geared to her and that she feels feels part of it really. So, and is there any other support that you feel would have been useful to you and Lauren at this time? I think for Laura, I think if I hadn't had Coco Care, I probably would have given you a long list because <laughs> <laughs> school really, you know, haven't got nothing from school at all, and so I would have been yeah probably saying yeah there's nothing of, of you know we've not had anything because we wouldn't have without coco care we wouldn't have had any support at all no contact from anybody luckily it, it worked out but it could have easily not are there any changes you hope will support people with pmld in the future influenced by this time in lockdown i was thinking about that and i kind of turned that on its head because i thought well we all could go on for hours about what people outside in the community could do more for you know people with PMLD because I think it's just a constant battle because a lot of them, especially like Lauren, who are non-verbal, just get forgotten. They get they get talked at, they get talked over. They just think that you know they're stuck in a chair. They're not saying anything. They're just making weird noises. They get looked at strangely, you know, or they are ignored, you know. And it's a very small, insular little world that we living in and, and you know part of what we're all trying to do is make that world what you know bigger but it's a con it's, it's a constant battle because people don't understand you know it scares them it scares them anything the disability anything different so oh, we, we know it, it, it's and because she doesn't talk and she you know she does makes odd noises and sounds and stuff people are scared of it so um it's trying to you know change that perception but i think 
one thing that I've learned in this lockdown is how hard caring is. <laughs> and I think a lot of the time people don't realise that the job carers do is massive. It's, it's you know, if it's seen, I think it is still seen as a job that, you know, it's not to be paid for. Not just paid carers, but just carers generally, how hard it is. And I think you do get, you do get forgotten. So, for example, with... Um, you know, whether or not Lauren's got good support at school and we co-care, it's all about, you know, making sure Lauren is included, but Lauren can't do anything without me or her carer. And, you know, as much as we want to give them as little as much independence as we can, it, it's tiny, you know, all of the time she's going to have one of me or a, we're all going to, they're going to have one of me next to them. <laughs> not, not necessarily mum, but carer. They can't do this stuff without someone working really closely with them and I think that side of things is sometimes forgotten about how that person is dealing with it and it's not easy just because a person is talking doesn't mean it's easy you know it's harder because you're trying to work out what they want when people are looking at who can support young people and, and adults with PMOD it's looking at the carer is important as what how the person with PMOD and how, how they're interacting it's looking at the skills, uh, what that, you know, what that carer's like, because unfortunately, as we all know, especially if you've got someone like Lauren who is just happily sitting in a chair, if you haven't got someone that is actively trying to engage with her, it's quite easy not to do anything. And because it's hard work, you don't get anything back. You know, it's a thank, it's kind of like a thankless job. It's a one-way street. <laughs> you know, you have to do a lot to get some a small thing back. So I think it's, yeah, just I think raising awareness of how caring for somebody, and that's personal care, mental health, not you know physical, mental health, and and personal care, all of those things. It's really tough on the person that's doing it. Absolutely, and I think we see with you that it's like a constant fight for Lauren's rights, and and like you said, she'd yeah. really happily sit in her bed, but you know that Lauren to keep that mobility needs to keep going and stimulated and being stimulated for, for um, her age and everything that she enjoys doing. And we're always really aware of how there's a big proportion of people with PMLD that don't have that person to fight for them because for, for a number of reasons and the massive difference it makes when they do, but not to forget that parents and carers, it's exhausting and you, you're not, um, yeah, well, paid carers aren't paid enough and parent carers aren't supported enough. Well, no, no, and I think that, that I think that what this lockdown is going to really, it's, it's, mass, it's shown up massively. I was speaking to another, um, you know, one of Lauren's friends who, who uh, you know, she's exactly in the same situation as Lauren. And it's, you know, because I think also because also your, your mum as well, they just think, well, it's part of the job and it's what you have to do and it's what you, you know, it, okay, it's tough, but, it, you know, you, you'd care for them anyway. It's a totally different way of caring. It's totally different. It, it's not a parent thing. It's, it's a carer thing. And, it's, and I think, yes, that side of things, whether you do it, you know, unpaid like we do because she's my daughter or whether I'm a paid carer, it's – I just never realised how hard it was. I've never had to do it because there was always – you know, there was always other people around to help or there were other places for her to go. So – yeah, I think that's a, that's a big thing for me that's come that's come out of it. You've also got you know another little boy that needs looking after and a job and yeah. and a, a partner and you're exhausted. I think is that something that's come out of lockdown that 
you know, all the services have gone and you're kind yeah. of... Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you don't, you know, until, unless that, until it's all taken away, you don't realise how hard it is to do it all day, every day. I mean, you know, week, you know weekends, really, it's really just weekends where we've had to do it all of the time. And to do it Monday to Friday, as well as the weekends, is is, is massive. Um, and you can't, you don't, you don't, you can't just say, oh, I don't want to do it today. I can't be bothered. You just do it yourself. You can't do, you can't say that. It makes me really appreciate the providers and the people that I can let Lauren go to without me being there. And I think that'd be one thing that when I come out, you know, when we come out of this is that I will try and increase that circle a bit more. I was always a bit nervous and a bit sort of wary about sort of people coming into the house to help, you know, because it's easier for me to do it myself and PAs and that kind of thing because of the horror stories you hear about when it goes wrong. But I think if you spend that, you know, I think that side of things I'm going to look at a bit more as well is just to see what else I could be doing to, to, to make her that bit more independent if I can, but also to give me a, me the break because you do, you need that distance. And is there anything else that you think you'll be, you'll take going forwards once things resume to a world that we recognize slightly more is there anything else that you'll take forward from this time? I think you're just amazed that we're, we're all sort of still standing and smiling and being able to string sentence together is quite good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's just, just a, a renewed appreciation of what, how you need other, things, other people, other organisations, other things to make your, make the world go round and make things work really and that you can't do everything you're not no one person can do everything to accept help a bit more readily you know because I think you do quite you know we're all independent women that have been brought up to be independent and we all work and la, 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 and actually it's quite hard when someone offers to help you're like no it's fine I can do it myself I will I've you know one thing I thought is actually yes I'm going to accept that when someone offers because when it's not there it's like wow <laughs> And it's, it's all so, yeah. terms of like our frozen light approach. We're always about like collaborating and working with big teams of people and bringing extra people on to support in areas that we can't do. And we've really missed even having that during this time. So yeah, and we should also mention that Sharon is a marathon runner. A regular marathon runner. Have you been able to keep training? <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. I go, I've had to do it. I've had to switch it around. I usually go out running in the evenings. I now have to get up at silly o'clock before everyone's awake. Really early, ridiculously early. So I set my <laughs> alarm and get up and go out. So yes, I'm still making sure I do that because I, I just, I couldn't survive without that, without that. That's my one what, hour and a half. I sort of go out hour and a half, sort of three times a week. And that's, my time but so I am literally out the door it's ridiculously early no one's awake <laughs> <laughs> sounds kind of hideous but... by the end I know because by the end of the day I'm too tired you know it's just you're just knackered by the end of the day you're just worn out by the caring side of it because I've not you know normally I'm tired because I've been at work but you can still just put the trainers on but it's the exhaustion you feel at the end of the day when it comes to five o'clock you feel as though you've done a marathon already and that's just <laughs> from being turned everything you know all your senses everything has been switched on a hundred percent so that you can meet everybody's needs so yes the morning is best for me so I'm like yep 
I'm, I'm pleased you're still getting like a little bit of time for you, even if it is at like, yeah, God knows what o'clock in the morning. And even if it is <laughs> yeah. running the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, thank you, Sharon. I think unless there's anything else you wanted to add. I just think this sort of thing is, is really important because um, in this lockdown period, you are kind of off the radar of social services and all that kind of thing. So you haven't got anyone official sort of checking in with you. So I think I think this sort of thing will help because there's lots of people like me because we're, we're very low down on our organisation's priority list as far as Lauren's concerned because they know she's in a loving, caring, healthy, safe environment. So we're all right. That's that box ticked. Um, and I think that sometimes is, you know, so it'd be nice. I think people can hear this and go, actually, yeah, I'm not on my own, you know everyone's well and healthy but it's still you know really hard work and it has it's really hard work and I think you know they don't realize that until you're in it but you're not gonna but you know social services are, are so stretched at the moment so it, to have someone official come and say you know how are things doing how are you feeling you're like they, they just haven't got the capacity at the moment so there's probably a lot of people like me who think yeah it's it's really hard and are you on your own well you're not we're, yeah. we're all going slowly mad together, but you know, a <laughs> young person will be fine at the end of it. <laughs> and I think that's where the idea of this podcast came from just that strong need to feel connected with a community, that strong need to feel connected at a time that we've all been pulled apart, you know, to stay, to stay together and strong and keep talking to each other in any way that we can yeah I think and again I think that's that goes back to the carers again because I mean the other one thing I did learn about Lauren is that she's not she's not a, a screen time person so you know she's although they you know like Coco care include her in the zoom calls and that she she prefers to be in the physical presence of people that's that's her thing she's a people person she's not a face on a screen type person so she gets she just looks at it and then she's done you know checks in with them and that's it she's she'd be happy just to disappear um, so I think, you know, again, it's looking at the carers, okay, okay, well, you know, your, your young person might have not wanted to engage with that, but do you just want to still be part of this group to have a chat? And I think, again, that's, that's a, a, it's just checking in because every person on the screen, we do our, our Zoom calls for lunchtime at Coco, everyone's got an adult sitting next to them, either off, off screen, off camera, that's doing stuff, supporting them. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, when Lauren disappears off, I just still hang around for a bit or, you know, just have a chat. Because, you know, even though you're not chatting back, that person who's off screen supporting that other person on the screen knows what you're feeling. <laughs> it's like you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is really, really important. And I think even more important yeah. for, for that community. Yeah. I've really enjoyed our oh. first episode. <laughs> So thanks, Sharon, for that interview. It was so lovely to hear what you and Lauren have been up to during this time. And I think as me and Lucy ourselves are both two mothers in lockdown, and it's really interesting to see different families' experiences of this time, the similarities, the differences, really fascinating. And I think a really key thing that came out of that interview with, with Sharon was... The, the message about carers and often how forgotten and undervalued carers are and whether that's family carers, paid carers, support workers, people are forgotten. And it's, it's exhausting looking after someone 
constantly and you could love that person to the moon and back, but it doesn't mean you're absolutely physically exhausted in the effect that that may have on that carer's mental health, I think is a really important thing that came out of that, out of that conversation. Bearing in mind Sharon's a carer all the time and not actually having realised the difference that the support of, of school and any care support respite that she gets and how important that is to be able to maintain a happy and, and safe and stable environment for Lauren. And I'll link on the show notes on our website the YouTube video that Sharon and Lauren did for us after they came and saw the forest in 2015. We're really excited that our next episode will be interviewing Joanna Grace, who is the founder of The Sensory Projects. And we're super excited about what she's got to say. We've done Joanna Grace's course, which everyone um, talks about how amazing it is. And then you go and do the course and you realize also how amazing it is. And now we're those people who talk about how amazing Joanna Grace's sensory course is. So do join us next time. And just before we go, if you want to keep in touch with us, you can do that through our website and our social media channels, which are? Our website is www.frozenlighttheatre.com. You can reach us on info at frozenlighttheatre.com if you want to come on the podcast or you've got any comments that you want to write to us about it. We're really keen to use this opportunity to reach out to connect with new people in the PMLD community who we don't already know. So please do get in touch. We are forward slash Frozen Light Theatre on Facebook and at Frozen Theatre on Twitter and at Frozen Light Theatre on Instagram. I've also mentioned our YouTube channel in this episode and we're just frozen light on youtube so thanks for listening and we will see you next time see you next time bye